0: Hi guys, my name is Rebecca. Welcome to the show and the place where we are unleashing women to be who God created them to be, to have fruitful relationships with Christ, to produce good fruit on this planet, to actually bring heaven to earth. That is what we were created for and it's when we are the most satisfied. I'm a Christian speaker and a life coach and this is a place for any woman who loves God and loves growth and wants to make the most of her life right now. Let's get to the good stuff. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really glad. I'm thankful that you're here today. I'm thankful you've taken the time. Justin is a life and leadership coach. He does coach men and women. He lives in North Carolina with his wife and two sons. He's also written a book, and we're going to get into all that a little bit later, but I just want to say welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I would love to pick your brain for just a few minutes about um, what it's like to be a coach to men. Yeah, for sure. People who know me know I'm a Christian life coach. I coach women only. And I have a lot of clients who have asked me if I know a male Christian life coach, to which I've always said no, uh cuz I really didn't. But they also would love for their husbands or their sons or just the men in their life to benefit from coaching because they're experiencing how much it's helping them. So, can you maybe just share uh, maybe how you got into coaching, but why why men need it too? Yeah. So I, I got into coaching. Um,
1: The best way I know to describe it is I feel like it was me running from what I was supposed to be doing (laughs) until finally it hit me square in the face. And um, I've done coaching when I, when I finally sat down and said, I'm going to, I want to try this coaching thing. I realized I've been doing it for over a decade. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Um, So I do coach men and women, but I found with men, my, my biggest thing is is there's such a lot. Our, our culture doesn't promote intentionality and it it pokes, promotes pragmatism, which mm. is just if it works, do it, mm. but I don't care how you feel about it, just if it works, do it. And so a lot of guys, I mean, we're wired to want to provide for our families. Uh, if we're married, if not, we're we're just still wired to provide something. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times I think we coast into passivity just to, I'm just going to do something because I need to, because I need to support my family.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: um, and I think that's, that's great in a sense, but I think that's why so many guys secretly struggle with anxiety and, and
2: whether mm-hmm. they want
1: to admit it or not depression. <laughs> and I'm not saying like clinical depression, but just, just yeah. feeling down in the dump. Yeah.
0: Feel, uh, feeling like not living in. Yeah. Feeling like yeah. life isn't maybe measuring up to what they thought it would be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The The best way I know to put it is, is this sense of there's more out there I just don't know what it is but there's got to be more
2: yeah
1: and and I believe that more is purpose and intentionality and it doesn't mean I think so many times we think purpose means I got to be making a hundred thousand dollars two hundred thousand dollars I got to be make, killing it at my job mm-hmm. that's not it I mean you can live with purpose and live a fulfilling life and be making minimum wage I mean it's, it, that that's that's secondary mm-hmm. um but you can i mean intentionality is not just your job it's your family life it's your your personal life your friendships your mm-hmm. ministry um that's intentionality that's purpose and and i just find so many guys myself included wrestled with that and once i got some some clarity on that issue uh it's like a i mean i hate to use the term reborn because that's already happened but <laughs> right. um, but a reinvigoration of, yeah. of life when you're like man this is this is it like i'm i'm doing what i'm I'm, and it doesn't mean life is roses and rainbows and sunshine. I mean, right. I still have really cruddy days, Yeah, but there's, there's a fulfillment piece to it that was not there before. And I think so many guys are wired to want that, yeah. but are afraid to our culture doesn't promote guys doing that. Yeah, And, and so having a space for guys to be coached and, and it's not counseling, it's not therapy, but to be coached and to be pushed and to be challenged, um, as the man you're wired to be, whether that's a, a super duper, you know, jump on the knight in shining armor, go jump, go climb a mountain type guy, or whether that's the contemplative guy yeah. who, who who enjoys just deep thinking. Yeah, God's wired us all different ways and, yeah. and there's no one size fits all. And so that's why I, primarily why I got into coaching was to coach men and mm-hmm. then had a lot of women that reached out and said, hey, I want that same thing. So I'm like, well, hey, I'll, if you want to be coached, I'll coach you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> You can send the women to me. I'll send the men to you. No, I'm just kidding.
1: There we go. Deal. Deal. <laughs> Sounds good.
0: I'm just gonna ask questions that I think women would be asking, yeah. or like my listeners would be asking, and I, and some of them might say something like, "Okay, so purpose, fulfillment, intentionality." Yes, yes, I can see where that would bring some light uh, to my husband's eyes to his life. Do you do you ever work with men on things like emotional intelligence or communication or or things that it's like? Uh, these could be really affecting your sort of happiness or joy or even growth in the Lord, but they're a little bit more counsely or, or is that not part of what you do? Yeah, no,
1: I, it's kind of, it's kind of fully a uh, full faceted coaching. So uh, one of the big things I do with clients and is, is one of the first things is values because I found so many folks are mm-hmm. not living out of their own value system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they've never taken the time to define what that is. Mm-hmm. And and I have found that's the framework for everything. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's purpose, you're in a job, well one of the job one of the reasons you might not like your job is because it doesn't align with your values and you just never took two seconds to think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or one of the reasons you're having communication issues is because you're not living into your value system. And so you know you say you value Let's just use your your relationship with your wife. You're talking about men. You -hmm. say you value that relationship, um, but your mindset and all is not lining up with that. And so when when your wife says something, you hear something different and you respond in a way like if you want to be a responsible dad, Mm -hmm. you respond the way you're responding is actually creating an irresponsible dad (laughs) because Mm -hmm. for whatever reason your mindset is not lining up with your values. And and that so yeah, so I start there. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes that takes, that takes us down. Uh, uh, I don't like to focus on the past, but sometimes you have to go there.
2: Yeah. And
1: um, yeah. I go to the past to leverage it and and move forward. And I was talking to actually a client the other day and I, I told him, I said, man, we, he, he, he laughed. He said, you've done a, he said you've done more digging than my therapist ever did. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, this is just, we're just having a good conversation. I'm just asking you questions. Yeah. And I said, the thing is what I'm, what I'm going to do next is tell you to unhitch from that stuff because it's dragging you down. Yeah. And you yeah. know, you know, it, you know, it's there. You've dealt with it. You've already dealt with it now unhitch from it. Yeah. And, and I think so many guys know how to do that. They're just afraid to press the button. And so sometimes it takes somebody to along saying, press the button and unhitch and let's move
0: on. Hmm. Oh, that's so good. So good. I agree. I go, I, I definitely look back and do digging with my clients as well. Maybe mainly because I'm, I'm, I love people and I'm curious and I love knowing mm-hmm. you know, makes us all tick. And I i am kind of like crazily brave about digging into my own past and emotions and stuff. And so, um, uh-huh. but yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it does, it, it becomes a moment where we then have to say, okay, well, we know that, but we don't sit in it. It doesn't define me. I don't have to cry about it my whole life, you know, really, we yeah. we only get there so that we can see how it's affecting us and how we can let it go and grow past it, grow beyond it. Because I think if we don't identify it, the stuff in the past, then it subconsciously does. Yeah, it weighs us down. It's there until we look at it and decide to get rid of it, you know? Absolutely. And I think for for men that
1: that's one of the things, and that's why I try so hard when I, when I have a, a guy who reaches out to me or I'm trying to talk to a guy about coaching, that's one of the things I make clear to him. It's like, man, this is not therapy. This isn't counseling. There's some aspects to it that are similar, mm-hmm. but, and so we may go into your past a little bit, but we're going into it because we're going to, we're going to do a, so what or now what, um, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. We've seen that, you know, that, you know, that's a, a an issue of yours. It doesn't have to define you. So what are we going to do moving forward to take action so that we unhitch from that?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, like yeah. I said, using the past to inform us, but not, We're not going to, we're not going to stay there. We're not going to rehash it every time, you know, every time we might, you know, the next coaching session, I might remind you, Hey, remember that digging we did last time? Yeah. You're still attached to that thing. Let's, let's move on. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's action oriented. It's forward looking and not just dwelling in the past.
0: Mm -hmm. Do you find that it's hard for men to ask for help?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) And and I say that from personal experience, like it's, it's hard, um, I think I think with men myself at least from my my own experience it's hard for us to have those deep friendships because I think sometimes our culture makes that uncomfortable for us um mm-hmm. that if you know if, if a man has another deep friendship with another man then that oh, that's awkward but good night that's been so life giving yeah. um i mean i come back to to david and jonathan in in the old testament and and i mean in jesus in that inner circle of peter james and john like men need deep friendships. They need deep relationships. And, and, you know, a coach is not a friend, but that can be that starting point for that, that safe space to go deep with somebody who's, who's confidential, but who's going to push you like not, not, not a counseling situation, but a a coaching situation where we're going to get, we're going to get deep. You know, it's, it's a no holds barred territory, but you're with someone who, you know, has your best interests at heart and and wants to see you progress.
0: Yeah. And who's not going to judge you. I think sometimes people think, yes. And I have to remind women of this too, because I have clients sometimes who like apologize or, or make excuses for themselves while we're like in the middle of coaching. And I'm like, I, you have, please don't do that. And please understand that I am holding no, like, it doesn't matter what comes out about your past, what you've done, what your thought process is, some thought you had about yourself or your husband or your friends, like, there's nothing but grace here. I don't judge you. I don't. I, mm. I'm a broken human. I know my own issues. Like we are equal at the foot of the cross. There is literally no. Absolutely. I hold nothing for you except like I see the image of God in you, positive regard for you, even when you show me your ugliest stuff. And I think people have a hard time believing that about maybe coaches and counselors.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I was listening to somebody the other day and they, I was talking to them about coaching and and I really believe it's the closest thing to what Jesus did. Mm. He drew out things with questions and, um, and, and, and I think there's so many, I like how you use the word grace. And I, f- I found that there are so many barriers we put up to being helped by other people. And one of those is, and you're right, is, is judging and, and that's, I tell my clients the same thing. I'm like here, you're not going to say anything that shocks me. And, and the only time, the only time I'm going to share outside of this group is if you threaten to hurt yourself or somebody else. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, but, but, you know, yeah, you're right. It's like having that space where I can really, and I've even told clients before, so sometimes we get on the coaching call, you just need to vent. Well, let her rip. (laughs) And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's sometimes that's therapeutic. And, um, but you're right. Yeah, it's just this. It's this non-judgmental space, and I have to tell my clients all the time too. They're because they're always concerned. I hear all the time. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? And I tell them it doesn't matter if it makes sense. You're yeah. processing it.
2: Yeah. And yeah. and
1: so just say it, and mm-hmm. and together we'll find a way for it to make sense. But don't come into this with, well, I got to say the right thing to the coach, or mm-hmm. I've got to have, I've got to come in with an idea of what I want to talk about. Like like no, it's mm-hmm. it's bring bring all your stuff and. Mm-hmm. It's, Mm -hmm. it boils down to one human being having a conversation with another human being. And it, like you said, it's this space where open up, share it and, and trust that the person on the other end, like you said, has full grace. And that's why I think Christian coaching is so great yeah, because Mm -hmm. we're coming at it from, and and I have, I have clients who aren't Christians and that's one of the hardest things to communicate to them is grace of, you can say whatever you want here. I'm not judging you. But it's also hard for my Christian clients to say, look, I think they have the harder time with it (laughs) Uh, Mm -hmm. because I think so many times our our Christian subculture thinks we have to have this this facade up of, I got to look really good. Mm -hmm. And I think, honestly, I think that's what causes a lot of people to be stuck is -hmm. because they feel this disconnect between this face they have to put on and what Mm -hmm. they're really feeling. And unfortunately, they don't feel a space safe enough to take that mask off and say, I'm really struggling right here and I feel Mm -hmm. stuck and I, I shouldn't be, but I am. And I don't know who to talk to about it.
0: Yeah. Especially for men, I think. Um, and especially maybe men in leadership, because it's like, they're supposed Mm. to have it all together. They're supposed to be the ones leading or guiding or strong. Um, but what I've seen, I think I've seen this. I don't know. You can tell me if my perception of this is right or not is that if, if we don't have people though, who are speaking into our lives, like if you're not letting a coach or really close male friends, and this is same for females, but if you don't have those people who are seeing the ugliest parts of you, like I had this thought about my spouse the other day, or I had, I had this feeling about God the other day, just the parts of you that are like ugly, right? If you're not Mm -hmm. showing that to people, somebody who can call you out, who can confront you in your sin, who can pray for you, who can encourage you. Like that's just never, I mean, you're only going to like deteriorate from that point because humans are not islands into themselves. Like if you have somebody in your life who can speak into your life in some shape or form, you will just, I think, get more and more kind of like worse and self-deceptive. And, and then mm, I've also seen this, that people that you really don't want and shouldn't be speaking into your life end up being the ones who do it. So like if you're an adult, it might, Mm. if you have adult kids, your adult kids might do it or something like that. Or um, just people who are like, no, they're probably not the ones who should be calling you out, but you have no relationships in your life that are like a peer or a mentor who's calling you out. And so now there's other people in your life who are trying to do it. And that gets even weirder.
1: Oh yeah. And to me, it comes I'm back 10. to intentionality. Like it makes perfect sense. It, it, and I go back to intentionality. Somebody's going to speak into your life. It does. I mean, it's going to happen. And so be intentional about who it is. Mm. And, and I, I tell this when I, when I, when I talk to students or I, I, I did youth ministry for a long time and it's like, I tell folks all the time, you don't coast into godliness. And I was, I was talking to a group of pastors the other day who were asking about, you know, how to minister to the next generation. And I tell them the culture is going to speak into their life. Somebody's going to speak into their life. And the same with with men, with women, whomever. Somebody's speaking into your
0: life. You just need to be intentional about who it is. So what would, uh, like, I can hear some of my client. Mm, I don't want to say my client's husbands, but I just know this is what some of them would ask. Well, my husband says that like, he's got the Bible or he goes to church or he prays and that's enough. Like if something needs to be dealt with in his life, Jesus or the Holy Spirit will tell him he doesn't need a counselor. He doesn't need a coach. He doesn't need his wife to do it. What would you say to that? Mm. I'd say that tends to be the exception in scripture. Um,
1: Most of the time in scripture, God uses another human being to call you out. Yeah. And I I mean, I go, go back, go back to David. Um, I mean, what did it take for David was a man after God's own heart. And it took Nathan, the prophet to come in and say, you're that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, had it not been for Nathan, David would have continued covering things up. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. to to an extent, yes, Jesus is all you need, but mm-hmm. Jesus has also given us the body of Christ for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a reason we're in each other's lives.
0: Amen. Well said, done, end of story. <laughs> That's a great answer. Um, yeah, so one or two more questions about the the man stuff here, and then we'll do we'll do uh, purpose. So sure, I think it, this is again true for males and females, but I do think men struggle with it a little bit more, just showing any kind of weakness or any kind of emotion or or being afraid in a relationship, even with another man. Let's say it's an older man or whatever to allow another man to be kind of in a position of authority over them or to see their, just to, yes, see their vulnerability, see their weakness. How can, Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything women can do to help their guys get over that? Or is that just like a prayer issue between that, that guy and the Lord?
1: Um, that's a good question. I think for men, um, and I've, I've I've had this conversation with my wife a lot for men. And this is obviously, this is a, a gross generalization, but that's just what we're having to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, res- respect is a big issue. And so I think um, for my, like my wife will tell you, she knows that's a big thing for me. Like I, I get the angriest when I feel disrespected.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and
1: so I think for, for wives out there, One of the best things you can, it is a prayer issue. I mean, it really is. And, but I think one of the things that can help is never making your husband feel less than because he doesn't have that in his life Mm -hmm. Um, and and, and approaching it from an encouragement thing. Like, Hey, you know, I, I I appreciate, I appreciate the ways you are leading our family. I appreciate the things that you are doing. Um, I just, I really think you would benefit from coaching and this is why um, making a highlight of what you are doing really, really well, but coaching can only make that better. And so you acknowledge the things you're doing great. And I, and I, and I thank you for that. And I'm so grateful for the way the Lord's used you in our family. Um, I just, I also feel like, and not, and not a, but, but, uh, and I also feel like coaching can only make that better. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it does make sense. And I think if a man is, walking with the Lord and pretty humble in that moment, he would probably receive that. I think there's some yeah. people who in their pride would just immediately, no, I'm not going to talk to, I'm not going to let somebody into my business or my life. And so, yeah, I, yeah. I know this, but. And, I,
1: and, and that's I, where I think the Holy spirit piece comes in.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. So, cause, cause you're right. You're right. It, the the, the pride, pride is one of our biggest, especially as man is one of our biggest issues. And yeah. I think that's where you know, and my my wife, I, I'm not putting words in her mouth, but in just the conversations we've had, I think that's where she's she would tell you with Justin, um, it, it, and I hate to say stroke his ego because that's not it at all, but it's it's I have to approach these things softly because pride is an issue for Justin. So if I make him feel belittled, if mm-hmm. I make him feel less than, then mm-hmm. that pride is going to kick in, <laughs> and mm-hmm. he's going to put that wall up. But mm-hmm. if she approaches it from that perspective of, you know, Justin, you, you, you're a great dad and you've been, and she's done it. I mean, she's done that in my life before. She said, you know, there, the best times I've been open and receptive to her loving and gentle correction has been when she said, you know, you're a great dad. I just, I think you could do better in this area. And mm-hmm. so right off the bat, she's acknowledging what I am doing well. And so I don't have the tendency to throw that pride up because all right, she does see where I am trying. Mm-hmm. Um, but she sees where, I mean, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good spouse. She's, I mean, that's why God, that's why God gives us a spouse. She's my helpmate. And so yeah. she sees my weaknesses when I don't see them. yeah um, but yeah, you know, just, just also praying, Lord, would you help my husband kind mm-hmm. of see past this? I, I I'm going to do my best to show him, but I need you to show him too.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I also want to encourage, you know, the women listening that the best way I think to do that is to mean it. I mean, you can't, mm can tell if you're faking it, your husband will be able to tell if you're faking it. If you're like, okay, well, Rebecca and Justin said this, so I'm going to, I'm going to make up all these things about my husband so that maybe he'll hear the second part where I'm trying to tell him what to do, which by the way, it's not our job to tell any of our spouses what to do. (laughs) The, the part, the part we should all be focusing on as spouses is that first part, which is, you know, stop, vilifying some of your spouse's issues and get to the point where you remember what a blessing they are and what they are doing well and how much you love them and everything that's going like get into that feeling and into that space and into that truth and let that cleanse your heart before you ever try to approach the, but can you do this? Or how about maybe this? Because mm-hmm. uh, uh humans in general can sense when you're being insincere. So like you know, if you're coming at your spouse, male or female, meaning if I'm talking to my husband or he was talking to me about something and it's from a pure heart of like, no, I, I genuinely like, I don't want to hurt you. I love you. I see all these amazing things. I'm just offering this as a suggestion and you mean it, it's going to land a lot differently than trying to fake it.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's why, I mean, that goes back to Jesus saying, take this the log out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's eye. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, mm-hmm. and you're right. And I think that's, that's the other thing is, yeah, if it's a platitude, they're going to see right through it. Yeah. And this needs to be backed up by, and so if you, so if you want your husband to do coaching, um, you might be in a space where you can immediately have that conversation mm-hmm. and that's great. Do it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into that. But like you just said, it might, you might need to take some time to, to, do some work internally and, and find what you love about them. And then, like you said, don't jump right out and say, Hey, you need to do some coaching,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um, build, build that relationship again with them. And, and so that when you do bring it up, they know this is out of a spot of love. Yeah. And they've, they've got my best interests at heart. And they're not just, they're not just angry and they're saying you need to go to coaching. (laughs) Um, it's a, Hey, you've been doing an awesome job. I, I I think I've been, especially, especially any of your listeners who have been in coaching themselves speak from that. Say, Hey, look, you're, you're doing an awesome job in these areas. I just am telling you in my own life, this has been such a blessing to me. Coaching has helped me in so many ways and, mm-hmm. and hopefully their husbands have seen that. Mm-hmm. And so leverage that and say, Hey, I, th- I really think you could benefit. It's not that you need to be fixed. I just think, you know, we're trying to better ourselves. This is a way you could, I've seen it work in my life. This is a way I think it can work in yours too.
0: Yeah. You just said a really important phrase. I think it's not that we need to be fixed. <laughs> like some of the people mm, that yeah. I, I've tried to explain coaching to, or I've even, um, you know, on occasion, people, people that I am close to. So maybe like family will know somebody that I've coached or something. Not that I tell them that that other person maybe has told them, right? Like I never reveal who my clients mm-hmm. are, but that maybe that other client has, Um, and I've had people, I've had people say to me, Oh, I'm surprised they're doing coaching as if like, Oh, well they're too put together for coaching. They, what, what's wrong with them? Why would they need coaching? And I'm like, (laughs) yeah. So you think only like broken people or people who need to be fixed, get coaching. Like that's kind of actually the opposite of, of what coaching is.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: That's what counseling
1: and therapy are for fixing things.
0: (laughs) yeah yeah coaching
1: and, is from leveraging that and pushing forward
0: yeah and there's some you know we all need a little bit of fixing so there's there's a little bit of humility there that's like uh we could all use a little bit of of it but there's also yeah to me the sh- the people who are taking ownership of their life and they're like i want to make the most of this and i'm choosing to do something strong here and i'm choosing like you said intentionality that's brave that's bold That's confident. That's I'm going to go get a coach because I care enough. And, and it really is. I like the term coach because it almost is like athletics, right? Like if you were obsessed with basketball in high school, you love your coach. You want your coach to teach you everything that they know because you want to be the best at it. And for me, that's kind of what my passion is about coaching. It's like, I want to make the most of my life. I want to help other people make the mm. most of my life. Um, and therefore like, let's talk about this stuff. And to me, there's nothing like broken or weak about that. In fact, it's the total opposite. Exactly. Yeah. And and same thing here. Like I, one of the things that
1: drove me into coaching is that, you know, talking about purpose and intentionality, I finally just sat down and said, what do I want my life to mean? Yeah. And, and, and I came to, you know, looking back at the way God's wired me, I was like, I want my life to add value to some, even if it's one person, I want my life to add value to somebody else's life. And coaching mm-hmm. is a great way for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I heard somebody say the other day, I thought was really good. They said, for centuries, it wasn't called coaching. It was called leadership. (laughs) And, and I think that's so true. It's, it's, you're right. It's getting a coach. I'd argue to say most high performing individuals have a coach. And so if you look at it that way, it's people who are high performing see that this is a valuable thing to have. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's not a sign of weakness. It's the exact opposite of a sign of weakness. It's a sign of, I'm intentional about my life. I want this. I want to do things that matter. I want to, I I want to make good decisions. I want to make intentional changes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to better myself. And a coach is a great way to do that. It's not the only way, but it is a great way to do it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Absolutely. Love it. Okay. Well now that we've taken up almost our entire time talking about coaching, (laughs) (laughs) I just love it. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about purpose because you have written a book. Your book is out already and I people can get it on your website, is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll link your website. Um it's called thebalancedlifecoach.net. I'll link your website in the show notes. Um but you have a book called Pursuing Your Purpose: A Practical Guide to Finding and Living Out Your God-Given Purpose. So like wonderful, because I think I get that question a lot. And obviously we deal with that a lot in coaching, but, um, what's my calling, what's my purpose, what am I supposed to be doing mm-hmm. People who in general kind of feel like there must be just, they're missing some meaningfulness in your life, which we've hit on a little bit, but, um, as much as you want to share with us, cause I'm sure you don't want to give away the whole book. What, what are some practical steps for people to find and live out and yeah. purpose?
1: Yeah. And I'd encourage people like that, that the the book is a practical guide. Like it's one of my main focuses in that book is I wanted it to be, you know, you can sit through, you can sit down and probably read through it in an afternoon, but it's one of those books that I want people to pick up and go back to. Um, Like there's a lot of stuff in the appendices of, of of questions to guide you and stuff that you can do resources. So it's very practical. I intended it to be. Um, But yeah, some of the stuff is just, and, and that book is kind of like my coaching condensed into a book uh, mm-hmm. of, you know, sit down and be intentional. Think about things. Cause and that's what a lot of what coaching is. is coaching is intentional. Yeah. And, and so think back to how God's wired you. I think so many times people, I, I'm amazed at the number of people I've talked to. And I just sit down and I ask them, um, you know, what are your values? What's important to you? What are you passionate about? And it takes them a long time because they've never sat down and thought about it.
0: Yeah. They've I'm never taken the time too. to go.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've never taken the time to go. Well, what do I care about? Mm-hmm. Um, they've just been kind of going through the motions of life and and most of the time they're operating on somebody else's value system, not even their own. Mm-hmm. And so
0: the We're operating under really the gives you so, yeah that they have to live yeah. for other people or please other people. And they've never, like it hasn't even dawned yes. on them that they can make some of these choices for their own life or, and this is what we just talked about last month. Um, in my group coaching, that they're actually responsible to make some of those choices for their own life because God has given them gifts and talents and their own life to live like for his glory. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And that's what this book is. It's, it's giving people space and help
0: to think through
1: those things. We go through, I go through common objections that you're going to run into when you, because another thing is you start trying to live into your purpose and the enemy, whomever, whatever you want to say, things start getting hard. (laughs) And so, um, you know, the, the enemies are gonna try to stop you. People are not going to be, I think success sometimes breeds your success breeds other people's contempt. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, when people start seeing you living a fulfilled life, they get upset. And not because you're living a fulfilled life, they get upset because it becomes a conviction on them. Well, if they can do it, why can't I do it? Why am I not doing that?
2: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: um, but, but yeah, so the book gives space for that. And, um, but yeah, it, it, it really boils down to people taking a hard look at, well, who has God wired me to be? What is he giving me passions about? And then taking time to think through, all right, how do I live into that? Mm-hmm. And, and to the point you mentioned earlier of, you know, living somebody else's value system, I'd argue that you're better able to serve others when you're living out of your full cup.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and so when you're living a fulfilled life that's fulfilled for you, in in, in in alignment with who God's made you to be, I'm not saying just go out and live however you want to. However God's wired you to be in a way that's honoring to the Lord,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you will be more able to serve others and to help others because you'll be living in the fullness that God created you to be. And he created you a certain way for a reason.
2: Mm-hmm. And so
1: you are God's gift to the world. There's not another one like you. And mm-hmm. so for you to live into that fully is to serve others, in my opinion, better than you're serving them right now.
0: Oh, completely agree. I've never really said it that way myself. So thank you for putting it that clearly, but yeah, that's, that's perfectly put and true. I I'm with you on that. It's like the Bible says we've been created in Christ to do good works. And if we don't take the time to go, okay, what does God, what does God ask me to do? And what are the good works I've been created to do? Then you're just kind of spending your life taking shots in the dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And never really being completely aligned with, and therefore the most kind of um, productive or successful—not necessarily by the world standards, but you know that you can be.
1: Absolutely, and and I think, and 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 you can live a good life and not be fulfilled. People do it all the time.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but yeah. you will always have this nagging. There's something more, there's something more.
2: Yeah. And that's why
1: I love how you said success from the world standards. There's, that's why I tell all my clients, we're not looking for, we're not trying to find a fulfilled life for your spouse, a fulfilled life for your parents, a fulfilled life for anybody else. We're trying to figure out what's a fulfilling life for you in light of how God's made you. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not that we don't consider those other people's opinions. They're important, but their advice and their, their guiding factors, but they're not the core framework that we're trying to live out of. We're trying to figure out how's God wired you. And then mm-hmm. what does a fulfilling life look like out of that?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. You might get a bunch of new clients after this episode comes out. <laughs> <laughs> the nuts and bolts of the book is that you're helping people process how God wired them. What are their values? What are their passions? Mm-hmm um, you list some common objections. So things they might come up against. Is there anything else that the book, I mean, that's a lot of good stuff, but was there anything else to that kind of practical framework?
1: Uh, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of resources. So this I give people links to some good strengths assessments and spiritual gifts assessments and things like that. But mm-hmm. the the other big take home piece from the book is also what I don't want people to think. And that's why when I start off the book, I tell people, you know, Oftentimes when we talk about purpose and God's will for our life, we're thinking, man, it would be great if God would put a letter in the mail and tell me exactly who I'm supposed to marry, who, where I'm supposed to go to college, what job I'm supposed to take, how many kids I'm supposed to have, all that stuff. And that's not it. Mm-hmm. And, and at the very beginning, I, I, I reiterate to people,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there are a few things in scripture that you know for certain are God's will for your life. And mm-hmm. that is to glorify him with your life, to mm-hmm. uh, whatever your hand finds to do, do it to his glory. Mm -hmm. And you know, you're called to get your identity from Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so you don't need, you don't need my book to tell you that that stuff is, you need to get clear on that.
2: Mm -hmm. And if you're
1: clear on that, I I love, uh, a pastor put it one time, it kind of goes back to the seek first, his kingdom, seek first, his kingdom, his righteousness, get clear on who you are in Jesus Mm -hmm. and get your heart aligned with him and then do whatever you want. Mm
2: -hmm. And,
1: And the sense of when you're, when your heart is aligned with who you are in Christ, when you get that part down, Pat, this right. other stuff is good for us to do because we're starting to think, all right, you know, I know who I am in Jesus, so I'm not questioning my identity anymore. But now let's dig up who Jesus has made me to be and yeah. let me live into that. Yes. And that might look like a hundred different things. And that's okay. Pick one. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you yeah. know, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Well, I've got, if I'm not, because I think that analysis paralysis kicks in with people. And like, well, if I'm not doing this exact thing, I'm not in God's will for my life. That's a bunch of baloney.
2: Yeah. And I think mm-hmm.
1: that's what freezes so many of us up. Mm-hmm. But that's why I do purpose and, and, and gifts, because once you figure out who God's wired you to be, then you can look at, well, what are the options in front of me to live into this calling? And then let me pick one that I like and that resonates with me. And I, I fully believe that when you know who you are in Christ, when your identity is solid in him and you, you've got that foundation laid and you start getting this framework for a value system. I don't think you can make a wrong decision in the sense of what well, it's irreparable. I really think God, it's a lot easier to steer a moving ship and and, and God is glorified. Even when you take us, I mean, shoot, Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he just set out and started walking. Right. And yep. so get clear on who you are, get clear on your gifts, your abilities, how God's wired you and then start walking and let the Holy spirit lead you. And don't be afraid if you make a wrong decision, God is sovereign and he can work even in that wrong decision. Just get out and go.
0: Yeah, I often tell my clients the only like the Bible's pretty clear that the only wrong decision is sin. Like yeah. It, meaning meaning what you're asking about or or um overthinking is not a sin issue. It's not. I mean, if mm-hmm. if you're debating should I do this thing that's sin or not sin, yeah, there's a right and a wrong decision there because sin will always lead to something, you know, kill, de- steal and destroy from you. That's what it does. Yeah. But most Christians I know, it's not sin they're debating. It's literally like, you know, yeah, it's much more of a preference issue or a job issue or a just, yeah, things like that. Like, Like you just mentioned that are, you know, the Bible is really clear about what's a right and a wrong and everything else is free will. It's between you and the Holy Spirit. It's based on, you know. If you're, like you said, if your identity is rooted in Christ and you're not even looking for those things to give you value or identity, then you can't really make a wrong choice. A lot of what I deal with, with women, this might be different with men is that they haven't a hundred percent gotten their identity in Christ settled. And so the choices they're making, should I marry this guy or not kids, jobs, income, my, the business they're running is much too tied to their identity and their value and their worth as a woman. And therefore they can't make great decisions in those areas and they know it, but they don't know yeah. how to get stuck. Um,
1: Men are the same way. We just won't admit it.
0: <laughs> okay. So yeah, it's a a lot of the work I do, like I do get to the practical with women for sure in coaching, but but I, a lot of times have to start with the identity. Who are you? You are loved. You are enough. Um, you have worth, you have meaning, you have value. Doesn't matter what you, I mean, just getting them to relax into their relationship with Jesus and know who they are in him ha- has to come first. And then that auto corrects yeah. so many things in their life. Yeah. Well, and that,
1: and that's the, so that's another way of saying the me starting with values and uh, and identifying who you are and what's important to you. And it starts with, who are you in Christ? Get that right first and let the rest flow from that. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think we live in a culture that is so focused on your identity coming from what you do and not who you are.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you and, have, and, how you and, look. And you, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. you see that in the conversations we have. When, when you meet somebody new, you, first thing you ask is their name. And then, Hey, what do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I mean, those, we start with that. That's when we're meeting somebody new, we start with that. And so even subconsciously, we're like, Hey, your name is important. And what you do is what's most important. We don't start with, Hey, what's your name? And what kind of person are you? What do you like? (laughs) You know, what interests you? We start with, Hey, what do you do for a living?
0: (laughs) I would. (laughs) Yeah. I I, I, I do do it. I do it all the time. With complete strangers. I'm like, so do you like your job? How, like, Tell me just something really deep. My husband has actually told me once or twice. He's like, "Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." go like that might make people uncomfortable. How deep you go, and I'm like, "Oh well, I just like I don't want to talk about the weather." So, <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's that's the uh, the coach's heart
0: coming out in you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, this has been a fantastic chat. I love talking about coaching in general with other coaches, but it's been really helpful to hear just a man in a man's perspective and. Um, yeah, I mean, to know that you coach men and women could be helpful because there might be some of my clients out there, you know, women, female clients who, who might even want to, you know, talk to you about some things. If you have a husband, a son, a grandson, somebody in your life, a male who's been asking or looking for a Christian life coach, I am pleased to let you guys know about Justin. And like I said, I'll link his website in the show notes don't forget that you can visit his website to get this practical guide to finding and living into your God-given purpose. Is that book also available on Amazon, or do they just go right to your website? Uh, so they go to website. It's it's through um, a, a marketplace called
1: Blurb. I'm working on getting it on Amazon. It's just a Blurb right now. So, but if they go on the website, the it's the very first picture, and it says there's a button that says "Get Your Copy," and they can get one there.
0: Great. Perfect. Well, I could talk to you for hours. I feel like about some of this stuff and I know you have a podcast, so maybe we'll hop on your show and, and talk about some of this stuff again, or from a different angle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. That'd be fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today and your passion for coaching and just the uh, gifts and skills that God has given you to help other people are very, very apparent. Um, so just blessings to you and everything that you're doing. listening all the way through to the end make sure you check the show notes for links to everything that was referenced in today's episode make sure you join the facebook page and the abundant life lab if you want to be doing this work on a practical level and ladies there are so many people out there who need this content women who are wondering what they were made for women who are trying to fix their bad theology women who think there must be more life than this Please rate and review the show. Please share it on your social media. Please send it to friends so that we can continue to build an army of women who are bringing glory to God and bringing heaven to earth. Thanks. See you next week.